0: Arganissima, New York, your beauty is our duty. Folks, welcome back to the iHealth Channel, iHealth Radio, um, the NBC Network, with your host, Hurricane Age, new day, new show, new topic, new guest. Uh, An important topic this week is actually really talking about, you know, food, nutrition, all the good stuff that we need in our lives. I have with me uh, uh, an author, worldwide, internationally renowned. Author. Uh, she's been featured in on TV, radio, uh different, you know, she, she she's all over, you know, the map. She's been, you know, out there for many decades doing the work, helping people really, really get healthier and and really dealing with a, a topic I think we're all guilty of, and that is emotional eating. Uh, I think I have been there, <laughs> I can say that. Uh, and you know, if you're listening and watching today, you probably have been somewhere, someone or you know someone who has been. Uh, in a phase of their life where they went there and uh, she is an emotional even expert and her main focus is to help people And today we want to shed a light on on some of that the, the emotional you know driver behind it uh that gives the circumstances all the stuff so without any further ado I would meet trisha nelson welcome to the show
1: hey thanks for having me it's great to be here
0: it is my pleasure and an honor and and really i i love when i have authors with me because you guys put a lot of work and a lot of time to put these things together. So, and you put them on in the world. And the show today may not cover it at all, but I think we'll cover the necessary steps and hopefully we'll give them, you know, a good feed and, and, and also promote, you know, the idea of the book. So get the book eventually and see what's in it. There's got to be more in there than we're going to cover today. So we have about, you know, a very crunch time. So today is, is going to be a, uh, a, a very intense, you know, uh, show. Let's do this. So, so, Trisha the background. I know you've done this for a while and something drove you to do this. Uh, so let's start with that, your history, how it all started, and what drove you to this particular topic. And then, then we can talk about the book and everything else.
1: Sure. Um, yeah, this is very personal to me, this topic. I grew up uh, as an emotional eater, so I definitely had uh, issues with food from a, a young age. I loved to eat, I love to cook, I love to serve food to other people. The only part I didn't like about food was the weight I gained. So that was a problem. And I love, I love to eat. So I did. And I, and I, I think I, um, just uh, because I got it from my family, it is, you know, gaining weight or slow metabolism, uh, certainly has, you know, strings to your heredity. So, um, basically I, my parents were chubby as kids. I was chubby as a kid. Um, and I just by age 21, I was 50 pounds overweight and I was fatter than my friends. I hated it. I had a roll on my tummy that I would scrunch up in my hands and imagine cutting off like you cut fat off the side of a steak. And so I had a lot of um low self-esteem uh because of how I looked, but deeper than that as well. Um, I didn't grow up with a strong sense of myself. Um, so I was insecure, I lacked self-confidence, but the, the food and the weight was a big issue for me. And I was really plagued by this, um, you know, obsession with sugar and carbs. And I would definitely call myself a binge eater where I would, you know, start to eat chips and I'd eat the whole bag. And then I'd be like, with your salty, you got to have sweet. So I'd go eat cookies <laughs> or ice cream and, you know, and it would go on from there. And, I, and then all of a sudden, before I knew it, I felt totally sick. Totally like pissed at myself. Why did I do that? I'm such a loser. Why can't I do, you know, why can't I get control? What's going on? And so uh, that just was a vicious cycle for me and really, really frustrating. So uh, basically, that's kind of how I lived. And um, of course, I went to diets. Like the first thing you do when your weight's out of control is you're like, oh, let me go on a diet. But I'm one of these people who I diet for some time, I could last about two weeks. And then I just be crawling the walls. You know, at first, it's fun. You're like, I'm doing it, you know, feeling good and looking good. People are commenting. But after a little while, and again, my my threshold was two weeks, I just would be like, I just give me chocolate, just give me some chocolate now. And I'd bust out and then I'd end up, end up binging, putting the weight back on. And it was this vicious cycle. And I just couldn't stop it. So even though I tried lots of diets, they really didn't do I didn't do well on them. You know, I would always end up eating again. And same with, you know, programs, exercise programs, other kinds of courses that I would, I would take, I just, I could do good for a little bit. And then I just, you know, I just kind of went to hell in a handbasket. So what I learned, um, and I, I basically found a mentor, who taught me that emotional eating was that missing piece for me, like, because people don't really talk a lot about it. And and I learned that I had an emotional connection with food. Like I was emo, like I could, I knew what to eat. I wasn't stupid. You know, like I knew that, that salads were better than pizza or hot dogs, but I, you know, I was drawn to unhealthy foods because I was using them for emotional reasons. I was, I was, you know, kind of putting a blanket on my emotions, trying to make myself feel better by eating. And that's what got me into trouble time and time again. So thankfully, with that information, I was able to start a, a, a path of healing, you know, on a deeper level, really my emotions and my stress and things that were causing the cravings that I had. Instead of just trying to control them by hook or by crook, I learned how to really dissolve them. So I didn't have them anymore. So that's that was that's what happened for me. And I'm so blessed. That was many years ago, like you said, many decades, I've been doing this work. Um, And I'm very blessed. Five years ago, I wrote my book, Heal Your Hunger, Seven Simple Steps to End Emotional Eating. Now, I did a TED Talk recently. It's got over half a million views on emotional eating. And um, and I've been blessed to help, you know, thousands of people with their compulsion to eat that has nothing to do with their, you know, what's in their head about what to to eat. You know, we know what to eat. It's just following through on what what we know. And that's where that's that's the work I do.
0: Wow. (laughs) That's, that's a lot. And, and thank you for sharing the story and you've, you've touched on a lot of things and, you know, I'm just going to break it a little bit uh, in, in segments here. So the first thing is, I mean, you, you, you stated that when you were younger and you had something, you know, inherited, you know, something inherited where I guess the, 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 the weight was there from, from the get go. And, um, you know, the food was just something that was part of it and you enjoyed it. And, and by the way, this is something that a lot of kids actually have, especially today. I think that this is, I think the obesity and the, the weight gain today is just more than ever. Uh, and of course, obesity being the highest end of it, but, but really it is, it is a challenge. Even today's, Kids, you talked about pizza versus salad, you know, one is healthy or another, but yet, you know, all our kids today, I, I, I joke about, you know, with my kids and like, you know, I think the restaurant business is gonna go out of business because your menu is limited. <laughs> it's got a five <laughs> items on the menu ticket here. So it's pizza, burger, fries, nuggets, and, and right. hot dogs. You mentioned a couple of them already. and But, but it, it is really a, a true story, a true uh, live thing that we live in today. But again, you said it, this is something that you've dealt with uh, a while back. And uh, you've you've done what most people would do, which is let's just diet. Uh, and And I think that is the first thing what people go crazy with, right? They, they and I, I'm using the word crazy here a little bit extreme. but but that's we all do that, right? The first thing you' like, oh my God, I the weight is not there. You know I need to fix it. So first thing I'm going to cut everything. And typically what happens to your point, you'll do it for as long as your body can, and then eventually your body can continue anymore it just we can't we literally cannot deprive ourselves you know from a lot of things and we do it doesn't matter what type of diet there's so many of them and they've been uh, progressing and evolving over the last you know couple of decades and every day every like yesterday i just had a show about you know um cmos and we talked about lectins and all this stuff it it, it, this is like you know ongoing there's always something new where you know we hear a new way new trend and everybody gets into it right but the fact that is, you know, you've tried that; it didn't work. And then you said it. What when you come back, it's probably worse because now you're like all those cravings, that sugar, and deprivation, and all the stuff that you kind of missed, or the, you know, in the time. You just want to go for it, and and now it's like it's worse, and it's hard. You know, it's very easy to gain weight, but it's super hard to actually lose any weight. I mean, I've been there myself. Uh, you know, I I've gained weight, I've lost weight, and for the most part, I've been maintaining. But there was a part of my life where I picked up about 50 pounds, just, just as you stated, literally, uh, it took me almost two or th- more, but five years to really get to where I needed, but about a year and a half to just get a little better. And then, you know, slowly, slowly but surely I was able to start, you know, getting back in the gym and, you know, in the right way. And, and hopefully, you know, eventually it worked out. <laughs> so, 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 and, and it's hard to maintain. And the other part is, uh, You were younger at the time. And so the metabolism different, right? So so you can probably, you know, work the weight differently and the diets differently and all that. But as, you know, we transforming over the years and, you know, like for me, for example, I hit my 50, my metabolism is really not the same as it used 10 years ago, even five years ago. I, I know it I feel it it is not the same I, I say it and it's it's not a secret folks <laughs> take it where you have it if you're still young make sure that you work it correctly do not you know abuse your body do the right thing by it because it will get harder as you get you know in the age and uh, now age is a number as we say so I'm not saying that it, it's the end of the line or whatever no exactly I feel 21 right now in my mind but I need to maintain the 21 age with the 21 body and that's not working <laughs> so, so and I think that's everybody so so so, so going back to your uh, main core discussion today is the, the emotional piece of it, you know, yeah. uh, it, it there's there's always, like you said, there was some, you felt some stuff that, that drove you and the best way you felt comfort was the food. Uh, people do that in a lot of different scenarios, school, uh, you know, we live in a world where bullying, for example, is very common. We had many, multiple shows about bullying in school. And people sometimes they find themselves, you know, in a shelter mode and that's what they do. You know, they compensate, right? Uh, We also have, you know, for example, family problems can be another one, right? Uh, There's multiple things, peer pressure, uh, sometimes relationships as we get older, right? Uh, You know, things happen and relationships happen and people kind of like, you know, they just get emotional and... They compensate again with food. Uh, sometimes weather can do it. <laughs> Simple as that. You just sit, you know, and you're just like, oh, okay, I'm just going to keep some. You've mentioned something about the, the, the potato chips or, or chip bag. Yeah, I don't know of anyone that starts that bag and, and really, you know, closes it, you know, before it's yeah.
1: Ended. Yeah, yeah. Who, just- who wants a handful?
0: None. none i mean and i mean i think there's 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 chemistry in that stuff that makes you do that i mean yeah it just gives you a little bit of a kick and then just say enough and then two minutes later mm, i need more and, right. and and by the way salt or sweet same concept and you're right there's a combination of food out there that is really both they have a lot of sugar a lot of sweets and and it plays literally havoc with your system yeah your body just wants more of it and and we do that you know we are conscious about it at least that's that's what we know now i know you've done you, you had your mentor and you worked that out. You figured it out. So guide us through that change. I mean, I know it's, it's one thing to understand we have a mentor, but was there anything specific that helped you make that transition? Because I know this could not be possible, easy for anyone without some time first and a lot of effort and, and energy you put in there. So you did put the work.
1: Yeah, what I want to do, I want to start by explaining a little bit more about emotional eating because some people may be like, oh, I don't do that, you know, and Uh I didn't think I did either. I thought I just like food. Like that's what I thought. I just like food, but it's hard, you know, once you start hearing about it, it's hard to like forget it. (laughs) So (laughs) I want to talk about it because I wanted to say if somebody, you know, if you don't think you're an emotional eater, the question is, do you ever eat to excess to where you feel bad? you know, do you eat to feel good, and then it ends up making you feel bad? Okay, so that's an example. Do you obsess about your weight? Okay, so that's you, it has nothing to do with eating per se, but emotional eaters tend to be hyper preoccupied with their weight, what they're eating, how much they're eating, what it's doing to them getting rid of what they ate, you know, do you um, perhaps have uh, a real penchant for, uh, especially for sweets, you know, sugar, sugar is highly addictive. Is sugar a problem for you? Mm-hmm. There are carbs a problem for you, you know, carbs metabolize as sugar in your body. So you might be addicted to the carbs just as much as sugar. Um, do you, you know, do you end up like, do you go on diets? Like, are you a chronic dieter? If you're a chronic dieter, in the di- first diet didn't work, guess why? It's probably because of emotional eating. if so You keep needing that food on an emotional level. So, so do, you, do you have a lot of knowledge about nutrition? You know, maybe you're a nutritionist, maybe you're um, a dietitian or a trainer or whatever. You, you're not lacking in knowledge, but do you have trouble following through on what you know? And if you are a practitioner or a trainer, you're, you, do you have guilt feelings that you don't do what you say? <laughs> you know, like you're not walking your talk that's a hard place to be right because it's like we want to be the model for health but if we're saying one thing and doing another it 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 compromises our effectiveness so these are just some questions i asked just so people could start realizing oh maybe i am an emotional eater because these are certainly signs, maybe your nighttime eating, you know, your hardest time is at night, you know, and when everything gets quiet, and all of a sudden, you're going to the kitchen wondering what else is there, or maybe you go to the refrigerator five times of one evening, you know, hoping something just jumped in there, (laughs) that will satisfy you. So these are just some questions to get people thinking, but I want to talk about Instead of, you know, we we know what unhealthy foods do to us. They make us bad. They make us feel bad. They give us cellulite on our body. They give us heart disease, diabetes, whatever. But I want to talk about what um, these unhealthy, like, why would we do that, right, Uh, uh, Hurricane? Like, why would we, why would he eat things that make our bodies hurt, right? It's like, what's that about? I want to talk about what these food, these same foods do for us. Because obviously, that's why we're eating them. They are, there's a payoff. Okay. So I want to talk about the PEP PEP test and PEP is an acronym PEP. And this is a way for people to start kind of tuning in, like saying, oh, maybe I am using these foods in an emotional way for emotional reasons. So the first P in PEP stands for painkiller. So we use food to numb our pain. Like we don't want to feel if something bad happens. We just want to check out. Okay. We want to numb painful feelings and, you know, everybody's done it. Um, some people do it more. Like I was, I did a lot, um, but we, it's, it really is, you know, carbs and sugar, fat, my fav- three favorite food groups, by the way. Um, so carbs, sugar, and fat, if we're using these things, they're numbing our pain. They're, they're, they're taking the edge off. Okay. Life's not easy. We have financial issues. We have family issues. We have stress. We have, you know, loss of jobs. We have a pandemic. We have a car breaking down. We have dysregulated children. It's like life is not easy. So, how are we going to get through? And oftentimes, we're depending on food to get us through. The E and PEP stands for escape. So we use food, you know, I mean, most people listening are probably super responsible, taking care of their families, you know, bringing home the bacon and, and, and it's like enough already. Like I, I need a retreat. I need a break. And so we get our goodies and we sit in front of the TV and we're like, just leave me alone. Like I'm checking out. Right. And we just want to break from, from life's responsibilities. Sometimes we want to break from our own brains, because emotional eaters tend to be um, overthinkers, where we're thinking too much about too many things, like uh, you know, a nonstop, and that gets exhausting. So oftentimes, the escape is from our own heads. You know, that's why TV is so good because it just sort of helps us check out. So that's another reason why we use food, right? It just helps us, like, just go to another world temporarily. And then we come back and we realize what we just did, right? And then, and then we have <laughs> more to escape from, more reality we want to get away from. Um, but the last P in PEP stands for punishment, which seems counterintuitive because it's like, no, I eat for reward. Like I think all week long, I think about that special dinner I'm going to have, or that special, you know, um cake or whatever. It's like I can't wait to have this reward. I deserve it. We do the I deserve it thing. And that's fine. But if you eat to excess and you end up feeling terrible and self-hating, and the next day you're bloated and you're just wearing sweatpants all day because you don't want anybody to see your roles, you know, or you're bloat, well, come on, that's no reward. That's more of a punishment. Like look what you just did to yourself. And it's and so that begs the question, Again, why would I do that to myself? You know, and my experience is overeaters tend to be overfeelers. So we feel guilty about everything. Okay. We're super hard on ourselves. And oftentimes we eat to subconsciously to beat ourselves up. You know, it's sort of like adding insult to injury. Um, didn't get that promotion. Sure, I'll drown my, you know, drown my feelings with food. But then on the back end, there's a built in punishment as well, where I'm ending up feeling worse than when I started the day. So these three things, the PAP stands again for painkiller, escape, and punishment. These are three ways that we use food for emotional reasons. Okay. And this is just to help people start realizing that it's not just that I like chocolate or French fries, you know, there's more to it than that. So I think that's an important place to start. Um, another thing I want to mention is that it's really a spectrum and not everybody's in the same place. So I was like on the high end of the spectrum, which is really food addiction. So the emotional eating spectrum, it's like, we're all emotional eaters. So everybody's somewhere on the spectrum. Okay. Like we all can go overboard now and then. But on the high end of the spectrum is really food addiction, where you can't stop. Once you start, you're, you're going to town, you're going to binge, you're going to feel like crap, you're going to down 2000 calories in a sitting, you know, and, and, and then you're not necessarily going to stop or even go to the gym the next day, you're like, blow it off, I feel too sick to go to the gym. And then you it's like, I'm never gonna do that again. And you do it again. Okay, that's somebody who can't stop can't pull back and and the whole spectrum of emotional eating I have a quiz on my website actually which is good for people to take as a starting point and you find out where you are on that spectrum uh, because on the low end is someone with a good amount of control you know and it's like yeah I go yeah I eat a bag of potatoes like my partner he eats like the only thing he's out of Control with his potato chips. Like if he eats he will eat the whole bag. So mm-hmm. he does that. But no, he's his weight always stays the same. He's like not obsessed with food. He just could care less when he eats. So he's really very low on the spectrum. But there's one thing he loses control. But otherwise, you know, he just decides I'm not going to eat that, or he doesn't even like sweets. So he has a lot of control and very few consequences. Okay. Whereas someone on the high end of the spectrum, like me has very little control and a lot of consequences. So if you're struggling with food, weight for decades. And I, like you said, I was lucky early on in my life. I got a solution. Um, But for those, most of my clients have been at it. You know, they've been dieting for decades. You know, I I work with a lot of middle-aged women who have done the diets. They've done everything, you know, absolutely everything. And they've beat their bodies up. Like they have joint pain, arthritis, they have diabetes or pre diabetes, you know, autoimmune gut issues. I mean, you feed enough crap to your gut, your gut's gonna say, ouch, mm-hmm. you know, and start having issues. So it does accumulate like this problem doesn't get up and go away on its own. So, so the high end of the spectrum is somebody who has very little control to like scale back and say, Oh, I'm not gonna do that anymore. I'm no more potato potatoes for me. You know, my boyfriend's like, I'm just not gonna buy them. I just don't buy them. Well, that's, sounds great. Like that was not, I bought them anyway. Like I'd say I'm not gonna buy them, <laughs> I buy them anyway. <laughs> so, but anyway, so lack of control and a lot of consequences is on the high end of the spectrum. And again, my website, uh, people go there, they'll, they'll there's a free quiz and they can find out where they are on that spectrum.
0: No, thank you. The actually I'm looking at the site, uh, you know, but, but, you know, you, you, you've covering some, you're covering some real powerful stuff and I, I love the, the pep, right? I mean, it's as real as it gets. I mean, I, I, again, we, we said it. I don't think someone listening today or watching cannot relate to one level of the spectrum. I mean, you're right. We are from potentially very controlling, you know, controlled environment type people. And then sometimes we're just on the extreme. And I've experienced both personally. I can tell you where I'm like at my peak, where I'm like aware of everything. You know, I, I don't cheat and do it correctly, eat the right quantities, blah, 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 watch my calories. And I've had in a point where it's like, you know, bags of chips, not one, not two. I get a little bit of everything, and you just like, you know, it's like movie time, right? You just keep, <laughs> you know, do the next Netflix, you know, for a few hours, especially during you mentioned corona and the pandemic. You know, that was brutal for some people. They could not even get out of the house. You know what does that to you? Nothing. I mean, for activity-wise, you have zero, you and and some people are not, uh, they were not fortunate to phrase them to have outdoor space, especially like in New York City, if you lived in an apartment and, and you were locked down, you couldn't even leave to go to the streets. And a lot of people had that problem. And then you won't wind up watching TV, either arguing with your family or just kind of like, you know, having a huddle, you know, and watching a movie. And for you, I guess uh, it will be a, a marathon of movies and you just go and go and go. And when you watch something, we all have that craving. You go to movies. I don't think someone watching today or listening has not been in the movie theater and have not picked up a big pop, you know, popcorn bag and, you know, one of those, you know, buckets and, uh, you know, a little bit of Twizzlers maybe and some chocolate, you know, stuff, uh, whatever those things, you know, the, the raisin ones. I mean, we all kind of, like take you know a little bit of a sweet stuff and we we the whole movie you're 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 munching it's it's amazing it never fails and then you have those big gulps you know like the big cup not even the small one and of course they make it easy because they give you all these free refills and you just keep going (laughs) you know oops i'm gonna get some more and we don't realize that but what it does also all this is all junk we're just referring to junk right now not even healthy food then, then then you still have your regular meal you know and some of us do like more than three meals sometimes you know first you know the breakfast the lunch and we go crazy at those it is really rough and and so 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 you're right pain uh then then, then the escape to your point you know we're trying to run from something and from our own <laughs> guilt and then finally you know like we start punishing ourselves either way we're still doing it wrong I think I mean the problem is it's not there's no way out of it unless we have guidance. You know, yeah. and, and I think that will take us to, to your book and, and you've kind of figured out a formula for people. Uh, first of all, you were talking about your site. I'm looking at the site and, I, and I, I almost got the quiz done before we got into the show, but you know, I figured we were closer that, so I didn't do it, but, but you had the quiz there and you also have the spectrum, but really your steps, that's like, that's the, the golden formula. This is, this is it. This is how you really make it happen. And this is how you control this thing, right? Yeah. So, so, so.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, the goodness is there is a way out. You know, it's like I used to think cravings just hit me. They were willy nilly, uncontrollable. You know, they just hit me. And when they hit me, I was powerless to do anything to stop it. But what I know today and what I teach is that there's really like we take part in creating those cravings. We're not, it's not like we're leaves blowing in the breezes, whatever the ways the breeze blow, that's, that's why we blow. Like my experience is emotional eaters aren't just, Eating over their emotions, but they have a certain personality profile, excuse me, that drives them to have cravings. Like it drives the cravings. Excuse me. So that's a really important thing to realize, you know. And I think it's good news. Like the fact that I actually created my cravings, I wasn't just struck with cravings. I created them based on how I was living. You know, as emotional eaters, we have this i identified 24 personality traits. I caught the anatomy of the emotional eater and I lay out all 24 in my book. Don't worry. I won't try to cover all 24 <laughs> right now. We
0: won the book, we won the book.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, but we'll cover a few of them. And so a good example is, you know, the trait that I have identified as the most um, prevalent for emotional eaters is people-pleasing. So we tend to get our validation from outside of ourselves instead of giving it to ourselves. We tend to not have it for ourselves. We're super hard on ourselves. We're self-critical. So we're looking out there for other people to validate us, which comes at a price. You know, it means that we're always saying yes. We're always afraid to displease. We always want people to think we're fabulous. So we say, sure, I'll take on that extra project. Sure, I'll make the cookies for the soccer team. Sure, I'll you know, stay up all night pulling, you know, doing this, doing this other thing, whatever. It's like, we take on way too much. We overeaters tend to be overdoers. So we're, we're running circles around everybody. We're stressed out. We're tired, you know? And so this whole people pleasing thing, it, it drives our cravings because we're tired, we're exhausted, we're overstretched, and we have no time for ourselves. And then we're eating crappy food on the go because we haven't taken any time to sit down and have a meal or make a meal, you know, and it's so it's, it comes at a cost and that's emotional eating. So we think it's going to pay off to have all these people think we're wonderful, but, but we end up, you know, having a backfire when we overeat and feel crappy and get sick and then can't be there for other people like we want to be. So not only that, hello, we end up resentful as all get out as we've been doing for everybody and nobody ever's like er, people are they barely notice you know we're like pulling all-nighters and they're like oh thank you and it's like thank you like i just like i just killed myself for this project you know like what are you talking about so so we end up you know it's like a it's it's a lose-lose situation and we end up resentful and that always leads the i deserve it binge like screw them they're not gonna Appreciate me. I'll go, you know, uh, reward myself. So so the point is, you know, I'm, I'm trying to illustrate that we play a part in that. Like if we don't have boundaries on our time, if we don't realize we're not super people, you know men, superman and woman, we have to have boundaries in our time. We have to say no once in a while, we have to say, my plate is full, which is more true than people realize. You know, we have to say, you know what? I need I need time for me. And that's not some, yeah, that's not something we're used to doing. Like that's we feel like, oh, that's selfish. I got to run myself ragged giving, giving, giving. No, you know, all, all that means is our families, our spouses get like a bitchy, grumpy, you know, totally worn out uh, person in their life. Like who wants that, you know, so and then we feel guilty and then we beat ourselves up by eating. You know, like, oh, I snapped again. I didn't mean to, but I'm stressed out because I don't, I don't have boundaries in my time. So this is, this is why it's not just about the eating and a diet's not going to fix it. You know, we have to fundamentally live differently. I often say it's a living problem, not an eating problem. You know, another another downfall of emotional eaters is we don't speak up for ourselves. And this is partly a, stems from the people pleasing being. We don't want anybody to be mad at us. So we don't speak up. We're always saying yes, we're so agreeable. But again, then we've stifled our voice, you know, and the only, the only way to really keep it, keep us shut up is to keep eating. Like we stifle our voice and then we say nothing, but we have to keep eating to keep ourselves stifled, you know, and it's not that other people are doing this to us. You know, we're really not victims in this. This is something we can, we have agency. It's not easy to speak up for ourselves when we don't have strong self-esteem or we're people pleasers. But these are the things that will move the needle. You know, we've got to start speaking up for ourselves. We start have to start using our voice. We have to start, you know, being being who we are. You know, that's not, that's not easy for us, but that's vital. Otherwise, we're, we're eating so we can just be a chameleon.
0: i i couldn't agree more with you i mean you you're like hitting on a big 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 important piece of of life and advice for people uh you know you said it best you know we tend to do everything for everybody else and discarding ourselves you know like really it's 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 a disregard of who you are and your person your health uh you know I, i I almost want to advise people to be selfish although I don't want to be to, to to sound that way but but to a degree you need to be you number one first because you said it if you're not healthy how can you possibly help those that are around you Yeah uh, it, it starts with you so so sometimes we are so nice because we want to your point and this is this is I think a society today because we're so surrounded with all the the marketing and the media and what what everybody wants you to look like and feel like and do and so you always want to be like I am subscribing to everybody's, you know, tendencies or, t- oh, you know, that that's what we do. Right. You know, like, you know, what's, what's the, the cool thing going on today. And we do that. And you're right. Like I work, we want to be good for everybody. Cause you don't want to be the, the, you know, the person that no one wants to talk to you're Like, you know, this is the pain in the butt guy or the gal. Right. So you want to do like, okay, I could do it at work, especially. I mean, when you're in the beginning of the career path, that's, that's usually where people take advantage of you and you know, Okay, sure. Uh, would you, are you available Saturday? Sure, Sunday. No problem. Yeah. can you work extra hours? Of course. But they do that because they they hope that there is a, you, know, a, you know a light at the end of the tunnel. But they're just taking advantage of you. And believe me, I I say it loud and clear. I've I, I've been doing you know uh, I've been in my career path for thirty years and moved out a for many years. And I can tell you at this point in our life, I can I know for a fact it doesn't matter what you do, when you do it, who you do it for. Uh, people will take advantage. People will take whatever they can from you, and you pretty much they they can discard you any moment. <laughs> and and it, yeah. it is reality. And and if we don't. Think about that, and we don't you know, face that reality, we'll be just fooling ourselves. And you're right, what's gonna happen? Then we get, oh my God, stress. And then one of the best ways to deal with stress is to your point, binge eating and all this stuff. And we go just crazy, and then we just gain that weight. And then now we hurt ourselves. Heart attacks, God forbid, you know, oh, obesity can happen, diabetes can happen, blood pressure, everything. And then you're, you're ruined. Your health is gone. You can't even do good for your family member, for your spouse, your significant other, your kids. It's over. And, and even for you you know? So, so yeah. thank you for bringing that. I think that is a big piece of the discussion that people need to really be aware of. And some people may be aware of it, but sometimes it's, there's not enough discussion about it. So the more the merrier. So, so totally, <laughs> yeah,
1: totally. And it's sort of like, you know, the classic example is putting your oxygen mask up, uh, mask on first before you yes. help a child. It's like when the, when the flight attendant's telling us that we're not like, that's selfish, you know, we're like, Oh, Okay, makes sense. If you can't breathe, you can't help your kid breathe. Okay, I'll put mine on first, then I'll help my kid. It just it's logical. And but we don't transfer that logic to our health and our self care. And it is absolutely vital. Like the, when we're at our best, we can give more, you know, we can actually give more.
0: Well, thank you, and 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 I, by the way, it's funny you said that about the the mask because I I just flew on on Sunday, uh, from vacation, and that oh. the first day came up when they were giving us that announcement. It came out to yeah. me because it's it's always standing like yes, if you don't do it, you can't help anybody else. So you gotta help yourself first to be willing, able, and ready to assist. If not, yeah. it's over. So thank you for bringing that up. And just like you said it, I visualized it. I just experienced it for real, <laughs> you yeah. know, a couple of days ago. But so so now let's talk about your steps to, sure. to really to deal that we talked about some you give us some some reference as to like some of the conditioning but now let's talk about the states i know we're we're, we're crushed on time today but but we have about 10 minutes, I think. So, yeah. so I want to get some of the, the core of that, at least to give people a little bit of a, a direction. And then the ultimate goal is today, hopefully people watching and listening, please feel free to check out the book, the website, and, and reach out uh, you know, to Tricia and see how she can help you and get all that. You know, Listen, we need help. And sometimes we don't admit it. I think everybody yeah. needs help. And yeah, this is a form of getting help we just make it available in a fun way but really you're listening to a show or, or any podcast for that matter you'll pick up some stuff that can help you in your life so take it take advantage of it but beyond that i mean there are resources trisha is a resource a book is is almost a, a you know a good good guide for 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 helping people change and transforming their life for better so why not so let's talk about those seven
1: steps yeah so um we've talked a little bit about it, you know, in my, my discussion on self, our discussion on self care, you know, we tend to jump out of bed and start reacting to to everything and all the demands around us. And so the first step is really getting still and quiet and centered. Okay, so my seven steps are called the seven C's for healing. So they all start with C, but one of them is centeredness. And you know, we have to change, we have to change our stress, like so much of our emotional eating is stress eating, which means we have to do something to be less stressed. Um, Again, putting boundaries on our time is one of those things. But another thing is starting a day with a morning routine where you can get centered. And when I say centered, I mean, really, being with yourself, being with your, your spiritual source, you know, God, higher power, whatever you want to call it, You know, I call it putting money in your spiritual bank account, like start first thing in the morning, getting connected with the divine, you know, and I think it's, I think we all have the divine that still small voice within, but if we're running around, you know, just acting like crazy people, we're not going to hear that voice. We're not going to, there is, there is an internal GPS ready and waiting for us every single day to guide us and protect us and tell us where the accidents are that we can avoid, tell us, you know, which route is the best route. This, this intuition, this inspiration, this is all within us, it will connect. But we don't, we go running around, you know, um, not listening, you know, stuffing, stuffing that still small voice. So, so I say spend some time in the morning med- with meditation, stretching, yoga, breathing, reading the Bible, reading spiritual literature, things that can help you, not all those things at once. I'm just saying something that helps you drop into your your spirit, You know who you are, that, that, that divine guidance system that will help you throughout the day. It's working smarter instead of harder. So much of the time, we're just trying to do everything through personal will. You don't have to work that hard you know, there is a beautiful spirit waiting to guide us and direct us. So, but we have to spend time, we have to invest in that, putting money in our spiritual bank account, then you can take withdrawals later in the day when you're stressed out later in the day when you don't know what to do, you know, or somebody crosses you or whatever, you've got something to turn to. So that's vital. Like I I have a meditation practice, I do twice a day, I read spiritual literature every day, um, you know, I have a few little daily readers, a little bit from the Bible and I do these cause it, it, it fills my cup, mm-hmm. you know, I have to fill my cup and, and then I've got something to give. If I'm just like jumping around, trying to give to people without filling my cup, I'm on, you know, I'm, I'm empty and then I'm reaching for chocolate and, and coffee and things to get, keep me going you know, so there's just a more natural, healthy way to energize our bodies, you know, help us feel connected, um, that have no adverse side effects. So getting centered is big. Okay, another one, um, I call it clean eating. I'm not a big, I'm not a nutritionist. I feel like a lot of people who have dieted chronically have gotten some basic advice, you know, vegetables, healthy proteins, healthy fats, you know, um, slow metabolizing carbs, like that's pretty much like, just do that, and you'll be fine. How do you do that? you <laughs> not eat crap, you know, not stop at 711 for crap. Well, my experience is uh, the only real food advice I give, because we have a lot of, you know, knowledge already is what I call three meal magic. And I coined that phrase three meal magic It's eating three meals with nothing in between. Okay. And it's just a simple, balanced, back to basics, self caring way to eat. Now, if you're super training for a triathlon or, you know, running a marathon, whatever, of course, you're going to need some additional food or carbs or whatever. But for their average person, three meals is lo- self caring, self loving balanced. And that's what I do. I eat about the same amount for every meal. So my body knows what full feels like, you know, because it's generally eating the same amount, you know, and, and, and also the, the no eating between meals is usually that eating between meals is usually where all the snacky foods, the snacky unhealthy foods, the nuts, the chips, the, you know, the chocolates, the grabbing for the candies in the bowl. All that happens in between meals. But if you're just sticking to what goes on the plate, that's eaten with a knife and a fork, you're cutting out so much crap, you know? So that alone, it can be from, for my new clients, that alone can be revolutionary. It's like, OMG, I had no idea how much I was eating, you know, when you stop snacking in between. So that's a big one too, that clean eating. Um, another one, I teach communication skills, you know, um, so that people can learn how to speak up for themselves. People don't know, like if you've been people pleasing for decades, you have no, you literally don't know how to speak up for yourself. So I teach that as well. There's so much. It's hard to fit it, obviously, in a podcast interview, but I do lay out a lot in my book, and that's a great place to start. And by the way, that book, it's on Amazon, but it's also on Audible. I did dictate my book a couple years ago, and so that's a nice way to It's like a five-hour listen.
0: Nice, nice. Well, we're, we're coming to the end of the show, and, and definitely uh, the site is healyourhunger.com, right? So uh, mm-hmm. the book also is, the name of the book is Heal Your Hunger, right? Correct
1: yes okay. sorry um yes heal h-e-a-l heal your hunger
0: all right so we have that and um just just before we end first of all thank you for for being and i know we we we, we run a, a quick one this one is, is is a lot of stuff in in a very little time but i think we've we've covered quite a bit you know and people probably would benefit from this and hopefully by reaching out and, and checking out the site they'll get more and, and potentially getting the book uh any last words of wisdom that you or advice you want to just leave our audiences with today?
1: Yeah. Um. I, well, as I said, my TEDx talk came out. That's it's called "Emotional Eating." What if weight loss isn't about the food? So you can use my name um, and just look up TEDx on YouTube, and that's a nice kind of fourteen-minute synopsis of everything I know, basically. <laughs>
0: perfect well we're gonna we're gonna i'm gonna put all that in in the description of the show
1: great so
0: so tricia thank you so much for being with us today i know you have to go and uh you have other commitments uh much appreciated uh folks thanks thank for having me it's
1: great to be here
0: my pleasure and and hopefully people will benefit literally from this uh folks thank you for being with us for watching and listening in uh, i'm your host hurricane age we'll talk soon new day new show new guests bye for now Ciao, ciao